Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man Podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man Podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. All right, welcome to Sporty number 104. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. And all right, here we are, late August. College football begins this weekend. Pro football is a couple weeks away. But baseball's winding down. We're going to start there. And a team that, uh, well, we were just saying before we started recording here, a team that has been the, the darlings of the NL West for the last few years here, uh, waving the white flag today in a sense. Wait, Nationals are in the NL West? I think they are. I just, we look at the standing. No, they're not. God damn yeah, it. They're in, the, they're in the East. Yes. Well, yeah. Half-ass sports fans, people. <laughs> Half-ass opinions. That's what we do. Writing the title. Okay, but yeah, they've been picked. How many? What? Like the last five years, everyone says they're going to be in the World Series. Yeah, and they always end up falling short. And it it appears that they're just waving the white flag way early uh, this season because the report. We're in the Yahoo Sports at this one come out at uh, 2.28 p.m. was that Bryce Harper, Matt Adams, and Daniel Murphy of the Washington Nationals have been claimed on revocable waivers. Then there was an update that said that they traded Murphy to the Cubs. And then another update saying they traded Adams to the Cardinals. So I guess that means they're holding on to Harper, which for what? Isn't his contract up at the end of the year, guys? Yeah, for yeah, for next season, Earl. For for the off season to trade, that would be my guess, or to let or to let go. You think they're going full rebuild? I don't see why when they have the pitching that they do. I mean, are they going to get rid of Scherzer? They're going to get rid of uh, Strasburg. I mean, that's that's. Has Strasburg ever lived up to his height? <sighs> Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. I mean... But wasn't it like a season? They had him on on that bullshit where he couldn't pitch over so many innings for his first couple seasons, so they were shutting him. They were like, we're going to shut him down no matter what. Well, then why are you pitching him from the beginning of the season? Save him for the, the back half of the season. In case you do do something and you do make the playoffs... Like, I don't know. It, it's it's very weird his career. It's they've treated him like he's made of glass, and I, I don't. I, I if I was him, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here and let me fucking pitch. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Isn't he still relatively young? Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be like in his mid twenties. I mean, it, wasn't he like 
19 or 20 or something when he got, or maybe even 18 when he got called up to the show. I remember him being like super young and that was kind of the big deal about him. Yeah. Well, Oh, well, uh, let's see here. He is 30 years old. Oh, well, never mind. Eight, eight years experience. <laughs> um, okay. So, so, wow. So never mind. It's just, uh, I'm falling into that trap. Of, uh, a, a podcaster Rich and I both listen to falls into all the time. If it's anywhere between one and 15 years, it could be last year to me for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, he's, uh, he's yeah. out right now. He has a, uh, a nerve issue and he's out. So, I mean, that would seem to, to go with his, uh, his career. I mean, he's, he's I was going to say that health issues. That's the one thing I do know about the guy other than he pitches for the Nationals is he, from what I know of the guy, he, he seems to get injured all the fucking time. He can't stay healthy. Well, I mean, isn't that the story with a lot of, you know, big pitchers that get big and then fade out? Yes. It's Isn't it all generally based on your, your buzz coming into the league? Isn't it generally all based on your college performance anyways? And... Uh, doesn't that seem to translate more to football than baseball? I mean, I don't know. Do, I, I can't even say I've ever even watched a minute of college baseball. I, I've watched the World Series, the College World Series. <clears throat> well, I mean, his first two seasons, he had 12 starts in his rookie season, five starts in his second season, 28 in his third. And then his career high, was 13, he had 30 starts. In 2014, he had 34 starts. Since then, he's only gotten above 25 starts once. So obviously, there's a durability issue there. And yeah. I'm just remembering all the talk about him when he, when, he, when he was drafted and when he was you know being hailed as the next great thing, that they're going to limit his innings, they're going to limit his 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 pitch count, et cetera, et cetera. So they must have known there was going to be a durability issue there. But, I mean, he has a 90-52 and 52 record, you know. I mean, he's got a he's got a 3.13 career ERA. I mean, that's it's pretty damn good for a guy who's not even started 200 games, especially these days. I mean, he's won almost half the games he started, you know. Yeah, so seems, you know, the return... Seems worth the risk, I guess. No, I mean he's making sixteen some mil a year. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's worth all that. I mean, if his next contract is 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 ridiculous, then I, he's probably going to get it from somebody besides the Nationals, especially if they're going into rebuild mode. But I can't help but feel, see. I just can't help but feel that the Nationals are just like the the two thousand six to two thousand what fifteen sixteen Tigers. Like, you know, on paper, they should be in the mix. They made it to the World Series twice. Uh, basically, might as well have been swept out the first time, were swept the second time. 2013, Max Scherzer and multiple people on that on the at Tigers uh, team said that's the best baseball team they'd ever been a part of. And they couldn't get past the Red Sox, who, by the way, have half of the Tigers' old roster on their fucking starting roster now. Yeah, and Rick Porcello making me eat every single piece of shit I ever talked about him. 
Which, good for him. He made a liar out of me, which means he turned into something. Finally. Yeah, well, that that's the camp I was in. Like, because he was with the, what, the, he was with the Tigers, what, like six years? Yeah, his rookie year was 2009. Yeah, but wasn't he like 19? Yeah, he was a well, kid. Yeah. Late bloomer. But I remember just, I remember, I might even, maybe it was before this. No, it had to be before this. He was gone. Uh, before this podcast started, but I just remember saying, like, is the Rick Porcello experiment over? Apparently, no, it was not. It was over in Detroit. But, yeah, so. Well, that that's kind of. There he goes again. <laughs> but, I mean, Porcello, I mean, he's gone on. He, what, didn't he get a Cy Young? Didn't he have a Cy Young season with the Red Sox? Uh... Yeah, 2016. He was also comeback player of the year. Led the AL and wins that year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and if you look at his, you look at his stats. You know, they're not as good as Strasburg's, but I mean, 133, 104, 424 ERA, and he's been in the league for one year longer. And Boston's got Detroit's old GM. Yeah, there's that also. So I mean, it seems there was there was a little lightning left in the bottle for Mister Dombrowski. Well, is it really? <clears throat> excuse me. Is it really the fact that these pitchers are weaker? And I don't mean weaker as as far as as actual strength, like how much they can put up on the bar. I'm talking durability. Are are they less durable than before, or is it just? that they didn't give a shit as much back in the day. And so if you burned yourself out coming up through the minors, oh, well, they were going to fucking dance with whoever brought them. And if there was someone who just had, you know, a rubber arm, then he was going to get the starts. Well, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's been the word of the month here on the podcast, but the word soft comes to mind because didn't what, didn't Jack Morris just get in the hall of fame? And weren't we talking about, he had, uh, the amount of complete games he threw, like, it wouldn't even happen in 2018. Oh, no. It, I can't ever see, yeah, it, the what he did in his career ever happening again in baseball. I'm, I'm talking for a season, let alone a career. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it, the game is completely different. It's not going to unfold like that. It's just not, period. So... I, you know, and baseball also, man, there is a lot, a lot of, you know, it, it, if you, if baseball is driving down a, a highway, there's a lot of broke down players on the side of the road on the way to the promised land. I mean, that's just all there is to it, period. I mean, there's 50 rounds in the draft for a reason. Because what, maybe if you're lucky, one or two tops three of those players that you drafted out of 50 rounds will make it to the major leagues for more than a cup of coffee. I mean, that's, that's Those high are very good odds. odds. Yeah. That's high attrition odds or attrition rate. Excuse me, not odds. So yeah, I, you know, who knows? And I mean, pitching is always at a premium, but man, I, if I'm looking at someone like Strasburg and he's a free agent, I'm like, I someone wants to give you 20 million a year or more. You better take that offer because I'm not giving you that offer. 
Hey, when you were talking about, uh, is it football or baseball, would you say that pitchers are like quarterbacks? Running backs. Okay. Seems like, like running backs these days, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. I mean, yeah, sure. There's not very many of them, and the good ones are hard to come by, and they don't last. Right. That's what I'm talking about. When I was talking. Nope. Uh, nope. What were you going to say, Rich? Well, Ice figures out his mic situation. Yeah, I mean, Scherzer's 34, but that's like a freak in nature at this point. It's kind of like like Verlander. How many how many times did we hear near his, the last few years of his time here in Detroit, you know, oh, it's over for Verlander. He's done. Many. many. I was one of the people saying it. Like, he's not the JV of old. Get him out of here. Then he goes and gets a ring. So, I, you know. It's just, it, it's really sad because I, I kind of wanted Washington to do well. You know, it, it. There's a lot of players on that on that team I like, you know, and I'm just, you know, I, if you're looking at if you're looking at the at the NL East, you know, Atlanta, Philly, the Mets, Miami, I, just ugh. who are you gonna root for out of that bunch? Uh, you know, give, <laughs> give me Washington. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe Miami if they hadn't have bought two World Series rings and then dismantled the team immediately afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I would have some respect and be like, okay, they're the underdogs, they're the little team that could, et cetera, et cetera. But no, everyone knows they bought those two World Series rings, and mm-hmm. the proof is the owner completely had a fire sale the minute that he won those two World Series rings. So, yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's just a shame. It sucks. I think it'd be a good story for baseball if Washington did go deep into the playoffs, did make it to the World Series. Uh, I, I, it's just... I, I don't know, man. Maybe there's a curse on them and we don't know about it yet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Something stupid we'll find out about in 50 years. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, looking at the, the standings, though, it, it, it looks like just like last year, except there's a couple teams, you know, that's, let's see, American League East, Boston, just like last year. American League Central, Cleveland, just like last year. AL West, Astros, just like last year. However, the A's are right there with the Astros. Billy Bean's still there doing Moneyball? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, last year at this time, we were saying, all right, and, and I recall this division last year, it was already called. Like, what was it? The Astros were up by, like, what, 15 going into September? Like, it was something ridiculous. Yeah. And then you go into the National League, National League East, the Braves. What is this, 1995? I, isn't it the last time they were really good? The Chipper Jones era? Pretty much. I mean, and if you it's, look at the wild cards, in, in it's Milwaukee and Philly with St. Mm-hmm. Louis and Colorado dipping, nipping right at Philly's heels. Yeah, and then you have... The, the NL West looks significantly... Last year, 
Was it, weren't the Dodgers the best team in baseball? Not this year. <laughs> but, but they're not out of it either. They're two and a half games out, you know, two weeks before we go into September here. But, yeah, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, it, shit. I mean, looks like the moves that the Diamondbacks made at the trade deadline are working out for them. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Alex Avila behind the plate for the Rockies. Or not Rockies, but uh, Diamondbacks. Outstanding. Another Tiger. Yeah. <sighs> Doing well. J.D. Martinez. Oh, isn't he in uh, uh, Boston now? Oh, that's... See, I thought he was still a Diamondback, but no, I think you're... Yeah, didn't, he went to Boston in the offseason. Yeah. You know? Detroit East, as we're starting to refer to him here. I mean, yeah, how, how much of the Tigers' garbage is on the... Well, I don't... Garbage seems like a pejorative here, but how many discarded Tigers are on this roster? How many discarded Tigers are in the hunt for the playoffs, but yet when they were all on the same team, they couldn't do it? I know, right? We couldn't get our shit together collectively? Now, you're going to tell me that that was a problem with those players, the same players who are winning, dominating, have won a World Series with other teams? Or was that, hey, let's hire fucking a manager who has no experience outside of managing Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic after the probably, well, without a doubt, the second most legendary Tigers manager in our lifetimes, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, it goes it goes Sparky Leland 1-2 for our, for our 40 years, you know, give or take on this planet with no argument. Buddy Bell, are you going to put him in number two? <laughs> no. <laughs> Alan Trammell? No. So, yeah, I mean, it's just... Eh. We forgot there's another Tiger on Boston now. Uh, Ian Kinsler. Angels traded him when they gave up. Yeah, yeah, forgot got, about that. We got Kinsler, J.D. Martinez, David Price, Rick Porcello, and then, you know, Dave Dombrowski. And... They're all going to go to the playoffs this year. I mean, unless there's a 2006-type collapse out of the New York Mets and these guys, but I don't think it's happening. I mean, yeah, they're eight and a half games up with two weeks to go. I mean, they pretty much have to lose every game from here on out, right? Yeah, it would have to be pretty epic. Like It would be yeah. historical. Like the 2006 Mets? <laughs> I, I remember that one. I remember watching John Stewart lose his shit on the Daily Show when he was talking about the Mets at the beginning of September, and then you know, right at the didn't it come down to the last game and they blew it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's I can say at least this year it, it looks like it's, it's going to be an interesting race because there's a whole bunch of teams in it. Whereas last year, I mean. It was pretty much already called in every division last year. There was maybe one competitive division last year, maybe. And, yeah, just looking at the wild card. Get the Tigers' name off. The Tigers are not in the wild card, ESPN. I know you have to have them on the list. Come on now. How? Wait, how could they be on the wild card when they are 23 and a half games out of the wild card race. There are only three teams lower than them. 
The, the White Sox, 27.5. Kansas, 37.5. Baltimore, 38.5. Out of the wild card race. Like, seriously. There's no way. Like, how are they mathematically even in it? Is it, is it just because of the American League? I, I, they, they, they can't be. I don't see how they can be. They had 102. According to Yahoo Stats, today, tonight, as we're recording this, they're at 126 games. With a four thirteen winning percentage and twenty three yeah, no and a way half, they're making it. Twenty three and a half games out of the of the wild card. Wild card stands at Yankees three and a half games to the good. Oakland zero games behind. Houston zero games behind. And then you have Seattle at three and a half and Tampa Bay at ten and a half. So it's really between Oakland, Houston, and Seattle. That there's 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 your American League unless the Yankees just choke it away. They have to have them on there just because they're mathematically in it. Because I'm counting all the teams. I'm like, oh, maybe all the teams are listed. No, there's only 25 teams listed for both the American League and the National League. So, I mean, are, are they mathematically still in it? I guess. I, but who, tw- 23 and a half games out with a, six weeks of regular season to play? I mean, it's not likely. <laughs> Quite honestly. Man, if... Okay, if... They do make the wild card. I don't care if we have to rob every bank in America. We we have to do it. We have to kidnap the greatest scientific minds we can find, fund them with the money we've got from robbing banks, get a time machine, go back in time, and put every bit of our collective money on the Tigers to make the wild card in Vegas. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> on October 21st, 2018. Because... We're going to retire. Everybody's retiring. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. Like I, said, like I said, this has to be just because they are mathematically still in it. Because there are teams. There's what? 32 teams in baseball? 30 teams? Uh, I, know it's, I know it's more than 25. And I'll count again. 1, 2, 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 for the American League. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, there's twenty six teams listed here. You're looking at ESPN though, aren't you? Yeah. yeah I'm looking at Yahoo. Wild, wild card standings. Yeah. Yahoo has all the teams listed right down to the very last place teams. I mean, you know, that being Baltimore with their thirty seven eighty nine record. Yeah. Jesus God, man. Kansas, Chicago, Detroit could all easily lose 100 games. All that talk for the last, you know, decade, give or take, about how the American League Central is the weakest in the baseball, and yet they sent more people in that time period, more teams in that time period to the World Series than any other division. Now they really are the weakest in baseball. Yes. It is a, it, as, as, as one of the local sportscasters have, have started to call it, uh, the American League Comedy Central. We are the Tigers are in third place. We have a four. We are fifty-two and seventy-four. We are in third place. That is, we'd be last in the AL West. We would be second to last in the NL East. We'd be last in the NL Central, and we would be second to last in the NL West. The only division where we'd have a, <laughs> we'd. we'd We'd be in fourth, or no, I'm sorry, we'd be second to last in the AL East, but my God, so is that how we're still in it? Just because we're not, 
I'm just I'm dumbfounded. I don't even know. It's needless to say, it's been a bad year for baseball here in Detroit. Yeah. Just, I want and I want to find all those assholes in June that were like, oh, we're only a couple games off the record of this team last year. We're playing at the same level and we have half the team. Well, where are you at now, dipshits? Where are you at now? Well, I mean, you had Pat Caputo and, and a few other maybe nationally known sports writers here in Detroit going, I, it, 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 they, were, they were like public enemy. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. It's just don't even don't even begin to think about believing the hype. But it's just it's you know what I, I will give Detroit sports fans this: you give them a centimeter of daylight, and you start seeing the hope come out because it happens every single fucking off season with the Detroit Lions. Without fail, it happens every single off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that that. They were talking about on local sports radio that we hadn't even brought up because I think we're kind of we kind of got caught up, especially when Iceman's on and his microphone isn't acting like shit and he can be on. uh, He kind of he kind of his homerism kind of like it's like it's like a pheromone that comes through the microphone and and we kind of catch it a little bit because all you have to do is look at the odds and go, how many coaches who came from the Belichick coaching tree? Have had success. Uh, would you call Charlie Weiss a success? No. Well, if, if if being fat counts. But I mean, that's the it's that's the closest as a head coach that it's really come to like like success. Because yeah, for a minute there, he had some good. He had what two good seasons with Notre Dame when he had Brady Quinn as his quarterback, who went to Cleveland and became one of the what twenty two that have started <laughs> since nineteen ninety nine. Great way to hope. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean it's and it's the same thing as the same thing is happening this season. You know, despite the fact that Detroit has no backup quarterback worth talking about, despite the fact that if that anybody on that starting offensive line gets hurt, that line becomes porous as a motherfucker. And despite the fact that no team has ever been successful in their first year going from a 4-3 to a 3-4 defense. I mean, that's a major one right there. Detroit's been running a 4-3 since I can remember. I mean, I don't even remember, honestly, the last time they ran a 3-4 as their base defense. So, it, yeah, don't get your hopes up this year, Detroit fans. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. It, this is, the, the you know, the depth and everything that comes with the Patriot way has came over two decades almost of them building the team that way. You've had one off season. Yeah, don't don't go out and get your you know Super Bowl fifty four whatever champions Detroit Lions tattoos quite yet. <laughs> but I'm being Vegas in a couple months. What you you want me to put down? You know, Hondo and the Lions for the Super Bowl. I mean, if you if you could take that hundred and just as comfortably as put it down for the Lions to make the Super Bowl. Wipe your ass with it and light it on fire and not miss it at all. And yes, go ahead and put a hundred on the Lions going to the Super because <laughs> that's essentially what you're doing with it. You're donating a hundred dollars to whatever sports book you're betting at in Vegas. <laughs> you're just walking up and going, "I like you. Here's a hundred dollars." Yeah. Hey, you look cool. One hundred bucks. But well, yeah. Hey, we- so, 
Oh, I was going to say we got uh, kind of uh, the Kobe Bryant story. Oh, yeah, he's playing. He's not playing. Oh, the end. The end of this story is once again. Oh, both of us kind of fall into a familiar refrain on this program. Like, can we worry about being right, folks? Can we worry about being right before we put things out? Yeah, because I'm just. You said when we first did the pre-show meeting, the story you had read was Kobe Bryant's going to play in the Big Three League, and then literally seven minutes before we started the show, which seems like five hours ago now due to technical difficulties, uh, ESPN puts out Kobe Bryant not playing in the Big Three League. His rep has come out and denied the rumors. So once again, here we are on a show reporting and... What do you go with? You just go with the latest one? Yeah, why I mean, not? I, Let's just start making shit up. I, I, could, I feel like that's kind of what's going on here in the sports world. I really do, because we've been burned, I mean, at, at least four or five times by stories that have that have come out, said one thing, we record the show, it's like, ooh, it's breaking news type shit, and then boom. By the time it's posted a day or two later, the exact opposite story has come out. And it's like, oh, the first five minutes of the next show, we got to sit there and do retractions. Why? Because professional journalists who get paid to do the shit they do couldn't be asked to fucking do their due diligence and make sure they were printing a factual story. Yeah. Is it too much to ask that, you know, we're just giving out correct information? That's all I want. I mean, I got to say, it doesn't exactly help uh, the media's image and their fight against, you know, the whole fake news trope that's now going around when, I mean, I know it's sports. It's not life or death. This isn't, you know, politics, et cetera, et cetera. But Jesus Christ, you can't even get a sports story right. We've been doing the show for, what, two years? And we're, we're averaging, what, at this point, three stories a year that... that are just flat out bullshit. That no, that by the way, they don't print retractions. They just take the story down, act like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Or if they do run a retraction uh, or an apology, you know, it's, ESPN did this a couple years ago with Deflategate. You know, they ran their retraction and their apology at like one thirty in the morning when nobody was watching. Oh, of course. I mean, that's 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 fairly common practice for for news media now i if there is a big headline story that someone printed in in the newspaper and then later there's a retraction that retraction's in the back of the newspaper somewhere it's not on the front page yeah so i you know you kind of expect that but yeah i mean to me this is look i don't give a fuck about kobe but the big three league is what it's 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 a step above the uh, Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals. I mean, it's just it, it's basically just an ex- exhibition game, right? Is it is is the big three like the old and one league or whatever? I, I guess. I mean, come on, you had you had Ron Artest. The game he played here in Detroit in the first minute, he threw the ball into the stands and was ejected. Like even for Ron Artest, that's ridiculous. That's literally like if there was an old timers game. And and Bob Probert was still alive. Him and Di- Ty Domi skate out to center ice, strip down to their to their jock straps and start beating the shit out of each other before the opening pucks dropped. 
You know, it's like, okay, is this slap shot or is this a hockey game? Is this, you know, is this a seventies movie or is this, is this, you know, an exhibition? What are we watching here? So, I mean, the story doesn't mean shit to me on top of this basketball. Holy fuck. But <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, the big three is a three on three basketball league featuring mostly retired NBA players. The league was created by ice cube and some Jew. <laughs> the entertainment executive Jeff Quatinent. So yeah, Ice Cube and some Jew <laughs> created the Big Three. Clyde Drexler is the commissioner. There are eight teams. Where are these eight teams? Oh, they're they're not localities. Let's see who they are. They, what are the names? Three's Company, coached by Michael Cooper. Uh, who's uh, Demar Johnson, Baron Davis, Drew Gooden, Andre Emmett, Jason Maxiel, Dante Jones, Keith Keith Bogans, the Three Headed Monsters, Gary Payton's a coach, the Ball Hogs, Rick Barry, Ghost Ballers, Killer Threes. Ooh, Charles Oakley's a coach of that one. Yeah, Metal World Peace, Stephen Jackson, Chauncey Billups. So it's old guy basketball league, basically. Yeah. It Tracy Lieberman. Around. Who the fuck's that? Is that someone from the WNBA we're supposed to know and love? I, yeah, uh, nicknamed Lady Magic. She's a former professional basketball player who played and coached in the WNBA, and currently works as assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings. Sure, I, I was going to say she sounds. That name sounds more like a uh, a newscaster, a sportscaster than anything. Yeah, but she was a player. Okay, well, more power to you. Oh, Doctor J is a coach of the tri-state team. He's still alive. Julia serving. Doesn't say junior, so I'm guessing that's Dr. J. He's <laughs> got Jermaine O'Neal, Nate Robinson, Amari Stoudemire, David Hawkins, Robert Height, Bonzi Wells. Ah, no shit. So this is like, hey, was your heyday 15 years ago? Come play in this league. And I guess they got a TV contract this year with Fox. But again, I guess when Ice Cube is one of your founders and whoever this other guy is, is an entertainment executive, you probably have a few more doors open for you than, let's say, you and I started a basketball league. Well, just once again, it sounds like a traveling exhibition slash excuse for a bunch of old guys to get together and, you know, do something besides sit at home and stare at their wives and kids in retirement. It's just (laughs) how it comes off. Which, again, I always laugh when we talk about Athletes being retired. You know, what are these guys in their 40s? Yeah. <laughs> well, on top of that, if this is, if Kobe's looking for something to do, didn't he just win an Oscar? He was, did. And wasn't he up there talking about how he felt better winning this Oscar than any championship he's ever won? Mm-hmm. So he's pretty much got a good head start to his new career if he wants it. And Kobe, come on. We're going to pretend that. Not getting convicted of rape didn't feel better than winning the Oscar. Just putting that out there. Because I would go, yeah, that day when they, when they said not guilty, that was the greatest feeling of my life. Yeah, not going to prison for 10 years. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is buy a big old diamond. I'm in. So, yeah. All right. Well, so, it's it for basketball. So, uh, yeah, I guess well, we, we move on to about- football, or, or do you have something else? No, no, let's just get right into it. And we had uh, talked about, you had brought up Cleveland football earlier. Uh, And uh, I guess let's 
Yeah, but let's get right to it. You know, you had talked about, uh, you had seen uh, episode two of Hard Knocks, and you found a, a couple uh, interesting scenes in there. Yeah, to say the say the least. It, episode two started off interesting because you had uh, Corey Coleman, who is a third year wide receiver, talking about his shoe collection. And uh, to continue with the theme of the month here on Christopher Media, said one of the softest things I've ever heard a professional <laughs> athlete say is that <clears throat> well, I grew up around a bunch of women, and they all told me that no woman's going to want you unless you got a bunch of nice pairs of shoes. And I'm like, well, if that's your bar set, yeah, if that's that's the how low you set the bar for your significant other, uh, I would keep a divorce attorney on speed dial. That's just me. But yeah, he he owns like something over a thousand pair of shoes, and he's showing them off and everything. And then they cut to him at practice, and he's making mental errors in red zone drills. He's dropping balls. Arguing with coaches when they're like, that was right in your chest. And he goes, that was not right in my chest. And the coach turns around and goes, yep. And that attitude right there is why I don't want to hear anything when you end up where you end up. And sure as shit, they drop him down to the second squad. So he goes into, uh, oh shit, is it Hugh Jackson, head coaches of, uh, yep. yeah, goes into Hugh Jackson's office and sounds to be on the verge of tears saying, why am I on the second Squad and he Jackson starts to talk to him and go. Well, I don't know if you talk to the wide receivers coach, and then he really sounds like his voice is cracking and shaking, and he's about to have a breakdown. And he goes, "Well, if you're not going to play me, just trade me." And then they go into the intro. When they come back, breaking news: Corey Coleman traded to the Buffalo Bills <laughs> for a seventh round 2020 pick. Bye, bitch. Yeah, so basically they were like, see ya, which so far, having watched two episodes, third one premieres tonight, I believe, tonight or tomorrow, I can't remember, um, kind of fits in with the uh, the attitude that, that, that Hugh is bringing, trying to bring to that team, which is, I'm not here for that bullshit, I don't care who you are, you come in here bullshit and you'll get the, you'll get the gate real quick. I don't care about famous. I don't care about popular. I care about what you bring to the field. Yeah, and quite honestly, is Corey Coleman not self-aware? I mean, Josh Gordon just came back this week. They signed Jarvis Landry in the offseason. Des Bryant's apparently been there to at least talk to him. Like, You think you're going to be the starter, buddy? You're lucky if you're going to be the th- the third receiver at this point. Yeah, because it seems like they got a pretty, like, big stable of a receiving core to choose from. And, I mean, they've also, I think I think this is the first season that they've changed, if it's not, it's like, the second or third, to where they don't have to get down to the 53-man roster until right before the season starts. So they're carrying 90 guys up until, like, what, a couple days before the first game? And they have to hand in their 53-man roster? So there's going to be, it's not like it, it, was, it used to be on Hard Knocks where every week it was like, okay, we have to get down to 70-something. We got to get down to this. Now we got to make final cuts. No, it's going to be a whole lot of motherfuckers going home at the same time. A whole lot of them. <laughs> Mad. So you don't necessarily, they don't necessarily have to pussyfoot around with you. They don't have to keep you, you know. They can send your ass to Buffalo 
for, and one of the guys on the show said this, said basically we just told him to go away for nothing. A, tw- a seventh round pick in 2020? What the hell is that? He's like, that's nothing. Yeah. And, and the receiving coach was like, exactly, get the point now. And I was like, you know, I... We'll see if it works out, but I respect I respect the attitude. Cause he ain't a rookie. No, it's his third season. Exactly. He ain't been shit, but a but a but if he's lucky, he has been a tertiary player. Well, I mean, look, I we we shit on the younger generation quite a bit on this show, but I mean, when I saw him walk in and say that, my jaw was visibly. Like I, it was literally hanging open. I was like, he just walked into the head coach's office and said this shit. Who the fuck does he think he is? Dude, you ain't Tom Brady. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you ain't Terrell Owens. You ain't Jerry Rice. Yeah. Hell, you, know, you ain't just, even Golden Tate. I just think back to you know the the uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson led Cowboys where he's like, hey, if you're one of the triplets. Yeah, you can be five minutes late. You can walk in my office and, and and speak your mind. If you're the long snapper and you're five minutes late, you're unemployed. I don't give a fuck. That's just how it is. Sorry. You are not an integral part of this team. Yeah, you are replaceable. And I mean, it's it's honestly watching his the, the clips and stuff. It Yeah, he was he was out there dogging it. He, you could tell he wasn't given 110 percent. I mean, they were they were just flat out. They, they flat out called him out and said, "You're running like you're giving about five ten percent of what you got. You're not hurt. What's your problem?" I think he's a made man. Thinks he's got a contract. They can't cut me. Yeah, they fucking can. Adrian well, Peterson I mean, just got signed with the uh, the Redskins today. And guess what? He still has to earn a roster spot. There's mm-hmm. no guarantees. He's got to be good enough to make the team. Them seven Pro Bowls don't mean shit in 2018. And I, I, I think it, it, it really is very interesting because I think it's, I think it's a, a little bit of a window into the world of the type of players that are coming up these days. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're all like that because you see it every year on Hard Knocks. There are guys who are, who are bubble players who go out there. And damn near kill themselves to make the team. Sometimes they do. A lot of times they don't. But you also see these, you know, well, I'm so-and-so. And you're looking around going, who the fuck is this guy? You're not yeah. a national name, dude. You're not Antonio Brown. You're, you're not. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, we get it. Your mama told you you're special. That means you're special to her, motherfucker, not to the rest of us. And you're, you're, you're playing for a team that's coming off of only the second winless season since the league went to 16 games. They've had two wins in the last three seasons. Two. So, yeah, you need to play at a high level or, yeah, you can go play for Buffalo. Now, the other interesting part was Antonio Callaway. Their rookie wide receiver. On the night of the fifth, he was stopped, and they found a roach in his car, and they uh, they issued him a citation for that and driving with a suspended license. This stop happened at three in the morning. Well, the next morning he's at practice. He hasn't told anybody. Nobody knows. And other players and coaches are walking up to him, going, "You all right, man? You okay?" 
I mean, Hugh Jackson just walks right up to him and goes, something's not right. I'm looking you in, you in your eyes, and, and something's not right. Are you okay? Is everything all right? They gave him absolutely every chance to, to say something. And by the way, they didn't know. This wasn't, this wasn't them trying to set him up. They did not know. Because the minute that story was reported, the minute the police released that report, the GM and the head coach had him in, in, the, in their office. And was like, you got one chance to tell us what happened, and it better be the fucking truth. And he told his story, and the coach said, I believe you. You get a mulligan this time, but if it comes out later that you bullshitted me, you're done. You're done here in Cleveland, period. End of story. If you're honest with yeah. me, I'll give you one fuck up. That's it. That's yeah, an integrity move at that point. They already know the answer. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand. He is a 21-year-old kid. He's probably scared out of his fucking mind. And that fear makes, you know, it, it, people talk about fight or flight. Well, there's also a third response to that type of fear, and that's freeze. And he froze up, and he didn't know what to say. And I understand that. But, I mean, he better learn from this shit. That's all I got to say. <laughs> First of all, why are you rolling around smoking weed in a brand new car, 21 years old with a suspended license at 3 in the morning in Cleveland. What? I just go back to the rookie symposium where, he, where uh, 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 Herm Edwards got there and said, nothing fucking good happens after fucking 12 o'clock at night. Just be home. Mm -hmm. You want party? Party at home. What are you doing out at, 12 at 3 o'clock in the morning? And I've never understood. And it's, it's a rich guy move. And I... And I don't know, maybe it's guys like that don't want to feel like they're they're not a regular person or whatever. But I would not I don't understand it, whether it's athletes or celebrities like, you know, once you get that NFL money, why is get one of your boys, put them on the payroll. Why, why are you even driving a car? Exactly. 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 Wasn't it again Herm Edwards that said, have have your boy who could take the fall. Have your boy that can take the hit. You know, obviously it wasn't it, they didn't arrest him. It's not like it's it's he's looking at doing time for what for the for the amount of weed they found on him. Have your boy drive, and if they say we smell weed, have him go. Yeah, it's mine, and pay the fucking fine for him. End of story. I mean, I just I get it. They're young. They're not thinking right. But Jesus Christ, man, some common sense has got to come in here at some point. And I mean, I, I know that there's people going. Yeah, well, you know. That's what happens. He's driving while black. He's a 21-year-old black kid driving around in a brand-new nice car. Well, let me tell you something. I had a suspended job. license. I had a job where I was 24, all right? And I had to drive around in brand-new. I'm talking, I was driving around in H2s and 2002 Cadillacs and 2001 in Corvettes. I mean, all, all types of nice cars. Yes, I got stopped all the times by cops. What are you doing in this car? Now, I was a contract employee for General Motors, so that's what I was doing. I was handling the media fleet. That's what I was doing in that car. But you know what that taught me? That, by the way, this is in the middle of the day in Metro Detroit. Damn sure not smoking weed in the car. So that taught me, don't be driving around at 3 in the morning doing that shit. In, one, in a car like that. Because that's just, you might as well just have a neon flashing sign saying, pull me over. Yes, the the probable cause express. I mean, like it or not, that's the reality of this, the situation. When you are young, you cannot be in too nice of a car or too shitty of a car, or else you are a target, period. And for, 
and for everyone who wants to inject race into this, there's there's nothing racial about when a cop gets behind you at three in the morning, them running your plates. Most cops, no matter what color you are, if you're driving around at three in the morning, they get behind you, they're going to run your plate. And if they comes back that, hey, the person who's supposed to be driving this car has a suspended license, you're going to get pulled over. Yes, exactly. And, and also, <laughs> let's get... He's getting NFL money. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be pocket change, and he's back playing. Well, you never stop playing football. Yeah, I mean, he did. He he uh, was he a third or fourth round pick, if I remember correctly. His contract's like about three million, with about a seven hundred thousand signing bonus. You know, so I mean, it's yeah, that's not you know fucking Matthew Stafford money. But that's life-changing money for any one of us. Yep. Shit. $50,000 life-changing money for me. (laughs) (laughs) That means some bills are getting paid. And you're meeting like a motherfucker for a while. (laughs) It's it's life-changing money for most people. You know? And, yeah. He'll be alright. It's just, but... I do give him points for when he did get I mean, yeah, he loses points for keeping quiet about it, but when he got cornered, he told the truth. I mean, that's without saying too much here. The loss department, the loss prevention department at my job rolls the same way. If you're in that office, they already know the answer. Oh, right? yeah. They want to know if you're going to lie. If you lie, you are fired. If you do not lie, you get a slap on the wrist and you go back to work. And that's that's the situation this gentleman was in. You know, the the general manager and the coach were they they already knew the story. They're like, you tell us, and pretty much saying, it already was laid out. This guy tells us anything else but the story we already know, he's fucking done. You can go play in Buffalo with the other guy. And, and the, the other part that I thought was interesting was that the head coach addressed the team in the next team meeting and told the team pretty much the same thing he told this kid, pretty much what he told Callaway, which was, if you're honest with me, I'll back you up on one fuck up. If you lie to me, you're done. That's it. You don't get a second chance. One strike policy applies, and you you better make it count. And now, whether or not this will reflect and and, and turn into wins on the field, who knows? But obviously, there's been, and I mean, there was other issues during that that, during that episode of, of Hard Knocks. You know, them kind of lackadaisically walking back to the line between plays and the coach just stopped practice and was like, what the fuck are you doing? This is unacceptable for a high school football team. You are professional athletes. Show some fucking hustle. Act like you want to fucking be here. Or else I'll find people who do want to be here. And then he started the practice over, Ooh. you know, I mean, and was like, by the way, we're going to be videotaping everything and we will point out who is sauntering up to the line. Who's not hustling. Because if that's your attitude, you're not wanted here. I mean, so obviously that's been a problem with this in, in this organization. And they've gotten to the point where it's like, no more. I mean, halfway through a winless season, I'd have got to the point where it's no more. But maybe it took that winless season to wake some people up. I still don't understand how he has a job. I mean, the more you talk about him, I like his style. But I mean... You go owing anything, that's generally your ass. Yeah. I mean, it could say something about the culture 
starting at the top in Cleveland could be why these guys are walking their ass. I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't, you know, it sounds plausible that perhaps the attitude with some of these guys is, oh, we're the fucking Browns, what do you want? You know, but at the same time, you're still, you're playing professional football. You're playing at a level most people dream about that a very few small, a very small percentage will ever do. Have some pride, God damn it. I guess that's to what I don't get with, you know, these athletes who fuck up. Like, at some point, do they forget they got something to lose? Johnny yeah. Mantell, looking at you. Yeah, and the sad part is, is that it seems like a decent amount of them, even when they figure out that they had something to lose, that they they realize that they realize it, they get their second chance, and then they fuck up again. I mean, Johnny Mantell, still yeah. looking at you. Yeah, you know, and I just, I just think back to a quote I heard in a movie years ago. You know, <laughs> second chances are rare, man. You better, you, you better learn to start take better uh, advantage of them. You know, not not everybody. Not not everybody is open to you burned them once and they'll give you a second chance. And most people, if you burn them a second time, that's it. You're done. There is no coming back from that. You've you've fuck fucks put, you know, set a torch to the bridge. You dropped a nuclear bomb on that bridge. It's done. It's over with. So. Yeah, so far, this has been shaping up to be a. Fairly interesting season so far. Uh, last episode was really good. First episode of Hard Knocks was like, eh, it's like most first episodes. It's like, okay, all right. They, they got to set up all the storylines and introduce the you know players and this and that. Especially if it's not a high-profile team with a lot of high-profile guys on it. But, yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I know that this episode they teased that this was des bryant's visit and considering he's not on the team i kind of want to know what happened did he go in there josh and, gordon came back yeah, well i mean i understand that but i mean did he did he also go in there and like like big stuff it up he just probably went in there and was des bryant <laughs> hey i'm just des bryant i'm just here i just do i make it do what it do when it do what it do yeah, okay, no, you don't. Be, you're going to be 30. Injury prone, motherfucker. Yeah, and you're going to be 30 by the time the season starts. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you travel on up 75 and see if fucking they need you in Detroit? I know, right? Is, who's our second receiver? Marvin Jones? Ooh. And see, now here's where if Iceman was here, he'd tell us every single receiver on the fucking <laughs> depth chart. No, right now he'd be going, what about... You'd be going, what about Galladay? Yep, exactly. That's what I was thinking. And we go, yeah, that's a good question. What about him? Yeah. Oh. So, all right, so. At least we aren't Cleveland. We got that coming for us this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then there's the, uh, after after my rant last week about the quarterback whisperer, Jesus in khakis, Jim Harbaugh, and him not knowing what he's going to do for a starting quarterback. He went and named Shea Peterson his starting quarterback for the season. Uh, came over the weekend and informed, uh, what is it, on Sunday, informed everyone, or, or uh, excuse me, Shea Patterson, not Peterson, would be the starter at Notre Dame. Uh, on his, oh my God. 
Jim Harbaugh has a podcast. Attack each day. Oh my god! Name, but that, but that is what it's called. Oh, that is so bad. Really, really, Jim. Can't just take Mm -hmm. your shirt off and climb a tree, trying to get someone to come to Michigan. That's less cringeworthy. Ah, okay. Well, anyways, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I know his stats are in here somewhere. Uh, he transferred uh, from University of Mississippi. He started ten games over two season. In ten games, he threw for three thousand one hundred thirty-nine yards, twenty-three touchdowns. Uh, which in ten games means he didn't play the whole season. I know, but is it? That's not that bad, is it? No, I mean it. it I don't know, but yeah. So, I, I guess uh, not that not that Harbaugh listens to our podcast, but but, but somebody was like, "Okay, man, look, <laughs> you can't you can't be doing this shit. <laughs> You're the quarterback whisperer. You were brought here specifically to be a pimp at this one position. You got to do it, man." Some from the athletic department probably went, uh, "Jim, season starts in a week. May want to uh, handle this pesky quarterback issue." Yeah, big time. And then they lit his seat on fire underneath him. Just to remind him. Yeah, by the way, this season, you got to do something. Well, we've already covered what I think is going to happen this season. I'll, I, 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 Like I said, that Notre Dame game is going to, to me, going to be the was I right or was I wrong. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. That's just all I'm going to say. Because that's that's very well worn carpet. No need to keep walking back and forth on that. I'd like to see him house Notre Dame, but it's probably going to go the opposite. Just the way Notre Dame's been the last couple of years. So, yep, pretty much what we will see. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, anyone shocked at the preseason poll? Out of what was it, sixty-three votes, forty-one was for Alabama for first number one overall. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like, what other? What was what was the other uh, twenty-two people thinking that didn't put them at number one? Um, I guarantee you there were some dipshits who voted for Michigan because doesn't that happen every preseason? I. I guess. I, I, I don't know how anyone could, could think Michigan is a legit number one in the preseason, but sure. Okay. Wow. Wow, dude. Wow. Michigan is number 14. Worst state, 12? Uh, in the coaches poll, state's 12. In the AP poll, they are 11. Okay. I would say state should be in the top 10, but when you read the top 10, it's kind of hard to argue with them. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Washington, Oklahoma, Miami, Auburn, Penn State. I mean, yeah, can't hate that top 10. Yeah, but isn't it amazing that outside of that one hiccup of the season, state has just been always in the mix, and yet Penn State, bottomed out and rebounded and and rebounded so much higher in people's opinions than even state has been which is being consistent i think state is 
in a lot of ways, victims of their own success. They just go, oh, of course they're in the mix. They're never going to win the national championship, but of course they're in the mix. And so they just kind of take them for granted. I, I imagine it's a lot like being a Braves fan in the 90s. You know you're going to the playoffs. You're not going to win the World Series, most likely, but you know you're going to the playoffs. But I, I want to know, what is Michigan's ranking based off of? That block Last M, season? man. That block M. Yeah, we do this every August, don't we? I mean, dude, it's the one thing I, I got to I got to agree with Mike Valeni on. It's fucking the it's the oldest program in college football. It's the winningest program in college football. There's a lot of history there. The 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 hardcore college football fans don't like Shem Beckler is modern history for U of M. I mean, you can go back to like fielding Yost for fuck's sake. I mean, if you really want to, and that's like where the like the the really hardcore football fans you know, are going to go, oh, well, Michigan is just Michigan. You can never count them out. And it's like, they, yeah, but Michigan ain't been shit in over a decade. Does everybody forget that? Yeah. It, it, Lloyd got ran out of town, and they'd kill for Lloyd now. They would kill for Lloyd. And I never really understood the hate for Lloyd Carr. Neither did I. But because he wasn't nice to the media, boo fucking who? Neither is fucking... Uh, uh, Saban. Oh, or yeah. Belichick. Belichick, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Ditka. I mean, at one point, you got, what was it, two years after? Was it two years after that 85 team? He was done in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... And he but still what? worshipped in a certain certain circles of, of Chicago Cubs, or Cubs, Bears fans in Chicago. So... Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, because he was mean. Is that why he was run out of town? Whatever, dude. I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of like this new phenomenon with everybody. Well, not new. It's maybe the last 20 years. Everyone wants to have like a beer with the president. I don't give a fuck. You know, and it's kind of the same thing with my college coach. I don't give a fuck if I want to have a beer with you. I don't care if you're a nice guy. If you're taking me to a national championship, I have no shit how you are personally. Yeah, you know, that was interesting. There was there was a talk about, you know, players, coaches, and et cetera, et cetera, and how guys like Izzo, yeah, he'll recruit guys, but when, while guys are playing for him, they're like, man, fuck, fuck Tom Izzo. But yet when they're done and they look back on what they did and what they accomplished and, and the groundwork that he helped them lay for the rest of their careers, they're like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Tom Izzo. So, I mean, it, isn't it... But, I mean, the same thing with the military, man. You never appreciate your drill instructor when he's in your face calling you everything but, you know, a child of God. But when the bombs are fucking going off and shit's going to hell around you and you're able to keep your head and remember your training, yeah, you, you might you might be like, hey, thanks, appreciate it. That senior DI knew what he was talking about. I say it all the time at my job. I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to make sure you do well. Isn't that really what it's about? I mean, it, it, if football, you know. Well, I mean, it's also that, football is set up so much like the military as far as coaches. You have the ability to have a head coach who's a hard ass and have assistant coaches who are more of the player coach type guys who can pull you aside and give the, the players a pat on the back when they need it. And the, and the head coach is, you know, he can be the hard ass or vice versa. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the point. That's why you have... You know your top, you know your your top coach, and then your assistant coaches, and etc. And the position coaches, it's 
because when you have that many people on a team, you have 53 players on a t- well, a college football team, you got way more than 53. You you're going to have a large range of personalities. Some people need a, a pat on the on the show on the, on the helmet. Some people need a kick in the ass. Some people need to be left the fuck alone to do their job. And not every personality is going to meld perfectly with uh, with the, a coaching personality, especially a head coach's. So to me, that's that is by design. I've always thought that, at least. Granted, I've never coached football, but I've always thought that that was by design. Specifically, look, we have our head coach; he's this type. We have assistant coaches; they're this type. We have position coaches; they're this type. We need them all for everything to work. I mean, if it, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I say it's good cop, bad cop, right? Yeah. Or mom and dad, how whatever dynamic you want to put on it. But you got the hard ass, and then you got the it's the yin and the yang, so to speak. Well, I mean, speaking of uh, this, is a story I wanted to get to. It's it's via Bleacher Report. Um, title pretty much says it all. Anonymous coach rips overrated Nick Saban for cheating, and Alabama's recruiting. Uh, it's by Rob Goldberg. Uh, Nick Saban is generally recognized as one of the best, if not the best, college football coaches in the country after winning six national championships in his career. However, at least one of his peers think the Alabama head coach is overrated. And this is the quote. If you had the number one recruiting class in the country every year, you'd win like Nick Saban. An anonymous coach, coach told Chip Patterson of CBS Sports. He shows up at every single game with a better roster than the teams he's playing. If you count cheating and getting the best players in the country as part of running a program, he's the best in the country. It's like saying the NFL coach is the best coach in the league if he gets 25 first-round picks every year. Hey, uh, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I pretty much agree with that. But once again, like you just said, Chris, that's what the NCAA allows him to do. He operates within the parameters that he is allowed to. According to 24-7 Sports, Alabama finished with the number one recruiting class in each season from 2011 to 2017. The disappointing 2018 class still ranked as the fifth best one in the country. You are ranked as the fifth best out of 100 in, what, 20, 25 teams, and it's disappointing. Just just think about that for a second. I know, right? (laughs) You're like in the top 2%. I don't know, but one point I want to make to this anonymous pussy, because for starters, why, why, why don't you say your name? If you're so sure he cheats. What is, uh, is it cheating if you have, uh, Alabama's been considered the best program in the country for what, a good part of the last decade? Yeah. I mean, how how is that, if, if that's attracting these recruits, is it? I mean, how can we call that cheating? Now, granted, I don't know if you know Uncle Nick's got himself a blank checkbook, or you know, like at the uh, the local escort service on speed dial, or whatever the fuck he's got to do. But you know, isn't the football destination kind of like part of the appeal? Well, there is that, but there's also the fact that college football boosters have learned over the last 40 years how to make cheating an art form how to keep head coaches out of it as much as they can i mean you know if you go back to the to the uh smu days you know their head coach 
basically taunted the media with the fact that, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of horse shit going on behind the scenes, but he didn't care. His famous quote was constantly, anytime brought up the fact, anybody, anybody in the media brought up the fact that, you know, hey, look, uh, how do you explain how this student committed to Texas A&M and then the next day, you know, decommitted and committed to SMU, and now there's a new car sitting in the family's driveway. Oh, and by the way, it's a new driveway because the family's been relocated to a new house. And his famous quote would always be, I don't want to hear about the labor, just show me the baby. Which is essentially saying, I don't give a shit if they cheated, I just, I'm here to win. I mean, now, if you're a fan of SMU, I could... That's like being a Raiders fan and hearing "Just Win, Baby," you know, or what, or what, you know, the 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 Raiders used to have hanging up in their locker room in the '80s. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's see, but I also told that I said, "Prove it, prove it." End of end of press conference. Well, that's the problem. They flaunted it, and they did it so cavalierly that they did finally <laughs> prove it. Well, I said, and like I said, book says SMU, so yeah. Over the years, the people who are financing this type of shit have learned to hide it a lot better, have learned to keep it compartmentalized away from from coaches and shit. Because for every time there's a major shakeup with, you know, whether it be Wolverines basketball, whether it be SMU, whether it be Miami football, whatever the fuck, USC, believe me, everybody who is responsible for putting the money in the right people's pockets to get their sport, their, 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 you know, college sports team, the right players learns a lesson. And if they don't, they're probably not in that game very long. I mean, let's just be honest here. That's just, that's the nature of the, of the beast. And I mean, this goes back to something we've talked about a lot on this show before. This is what happens when you have quote unquote student athletes who you don't pay. It turns into, you're going to have corruption. You're going to have people who are willing to pay certain athletes to come to certain schools. But, I mean, all bullshit aside, you know, you look at Saban's record with Alabama, and it's fucking intimidating. It's 132 and 20 in 12 seasons. He's got five yeah, you make this point titles. all the time. He, he didn't have that culture at state. He left state. He didn't have it in the pros, and he had an he, yeah. You know, he had his team could spend just as much as any other team, just as much as the salary cap would let him. And he he wasn't this coach in those places. I mean, so yeah, proof that's not there. Proof in twenty, thirty years after he's retired, dead and gone. Players start talking. Assistant coaches, you know, start getting older. Stories just start getting told. Yeah. I, I can see it. I can see it coming out then. But I don't think it's going to come out anytime soon because Alabama knows it's got a fucking good thing going. Like, there's no, there's, it, it, oh. if, 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 and Saban has proven he's not going to walk around. <laughs> he's not like the idiots and Goodfellas after they did the Lufthansa heist walking around with the wife in a new fur coat driving new Cadillacs. He knows better than to flash that shit. And he know he knows not to get players that are going to flash that shit. Whereas you know, you look at like USC or Ohio State or Miami, and it doesn't seem like they they have that discipline from the top down. You know, they get caught doing dumb shit. Or you can even fucking lump Michigan in there right now because, like I said, they sold. Remember, I brought up last week about how they sold the, the these these limited edition 
uh, uh, Jordan cleats that they had. Here's how they know they sold them. Each player's number was on the fucking cleats. <laughs> Dummies. <laughs> so if it ends up in someone else's hands or if it ends up online for sale, how can you say, oh, I don't know how that happened? There's only one pair and you own them, dipshit. You telling me that that, that, that that U of M security for their football stadium is in practice is so loose that anybody can just walk in there and just clean them out? Why, why am I not buying that? I'm totally not buying that. Now, it seems very OSU-esque. I know, like, right? Like, which, which, speaking of OSU, guess who still has a job? Well, of course. Why not? So I, it's, he, the, I told you, man, the, the product wasn't damaged. They don't give a fuck. Although he didn't, what was it? Came out this week. What's it? Was it? What's his name? Zach Smith. Mm-hmm. Guy, yeah. He, the, the gift that keeps on giving. What came out this week? He took dick pics at the White House. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get it. Uh, yeah. Like you know, like when Snoop talks about how he smoked weed in the in the White House bathroom. You know, it's like you know, it's. It's like you're pulling one over on the ultimate man, so to speak. <laughs> but but here's the thing. If you smoke weed in the White House bathroom when Clinton or Obama's in office, I imagine if they walk in, they'll be like, hey, uh, pass that real quick. You know, especially before yeah. the first lady gets here. Let me get a couple hits in there real quick. You know, and Clinton will be over there like, hey, Snoop, there's some hoes in this fucking motherfucker. Didn't you see that bitch over there? <laughs> I mean, so... I, you know, Bush, he'd come in and like probably pray for you and turn you over to Dick Cheney. <laughs> you'd end up in a black site somewhere. You'd end up in Quanta, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Guantanamo. <laughs> or Bush would be like, hey, where's that powder at? He'd be like, fuck that smoke. You got that other thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I promised Laura I, gave, I promised Laura I gave up drinking. I didn't say anything about giving up blowing rails. Oh, shit. But yeah, yeah no. I, I, point, I, Zach Smith I, needs to be. A, well, he's, he is a cloud of vapor, right? Like, he better be. I don't know how he could ever have a bounce back career in professional or college football after this. Like five years, he's going to be coaching some like shit fucking pop Warner. Yeah, like like or some some horrible horrible junior varsity team who hasn't won in five years or something like somewhere in like North Dakota, you know, just, just a, not a football hotbed of America whatsoever. Hey, aren't there two uh, football leagues that are about to start? The XFL's coming back and isn't there another one? Uh, I know about the XFL, but I don't, uh, the other one, I don't know. I've been hearing rumors about another one starting up for, it seems like on and off every couple of years that they start up and then they just go nowhere. So, but the XFL, there you go. You can't get more of it. Here's your head coach right there. He pulls a, he pulls a, uh, 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 oh, who's the, who's the wrestler who killed his family? Uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah, he pulled a Chris Benoit and his wife, went and took a picture of his dick next to, you know, United Steel, the United States president, towel in the bathroom. <laughs> Don't forget about the DUI he conveniently forgot to report. There's that, too. Yeah, because it was the only thing that uh, Vince McMahon said was, hey, players can't be a bunch of felons. Didn't say anything about the fucking coaches. Yeah. Coaches be as big of fuck-ups as you want them to be. But it, it 
it yeah, it seems this whole thing's gonna blow over for Uncle Urban and OSU will just continue to be OSU. Bullet fucking proof. Because I am yeah, man. I I can't believe that there were people calling for fucking Izzo's head, for fucking D'Antonio's head because of the Larry Nasser shit. And yet, Uncle Urban just going to skate through? I mean, Jesus Christ. I, it, just win, baby. I guess. I, I I guess, it. yeah. It doesn't just, hey, it doesn't matter. Hey, you know, his wife, you know, broke a, an oath she took. That's a criminal offense. Eh, but, you know, eh, well, not that big of a for, deal. Yeah, for other people's wives. Not Uncle Urban's. <laughs> but, yeah, there you go. I mean, all I know is that I, I I stick by what I said. I know there's probably people out there doubt me, but if it was, you know, Harbaugh or any other head coach at Michigan, I would be sitting here going, I don't know how the fuck he still has a job. He's got pictures of somebody fucking children or something. I don't know. I mean, because to me, in, in today's climate, the whole Me Too, Time's Up thing... That's a hanging offense to just to just kind of sweep under the rug multiple instances of domestic violence and not just sweep it under the rug, but continue to bring this person with you to your new job. Uh, yeah, I just who else could get away with it, man? Saban. <laughs> yep. I, <laughs> So. I, I, I think that's a two-person list, quite honestly. <sighs> I mean, but, I mean, Ur- this isn't Urban's first brush with impropriety. I mean, you know, we joke about it all the time, his two-year, quote-unquote, retirement. Well, yeah, and the carnival sideshow that was going on in Florida on his watch. I mean, at that right there, it, 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 remember the conspiracy theory that Michael Jordan left as kind of an unofficial suspension for the year? Like, that's why he went and played baseball, because it was like, well, if you stay, we're going to have to suspend you, and we don't want to put that on the GOAT's record, the face of the NBA's record, so why don't you just go play baseball for a year, and we'll call it even? I got to wonder if that two years was like, oh, okay, look, you're running a fucking, you're running a daycare center down here. You got to be kidding me! So why don't you go ahead yeah. and take a two-year break, and then you, you, you'll know you'll land at a good program when you come back. Yeah, we're gonna say it's for quote-unquote health reasons, and you can be back in a couple years. Exactly. So yeah, then, there you go. So, but <laughs> my pick definitely stays the same when U of M plays OSU this year. Mm-hmm. That ain't changing. So. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. All right. Well, we got anything else, or is this going to be a very abbreviated show because of the technical issues with Iceman? Yeah, we'll do an abbreviated show, and then, oh, but next week we're going to have college football to talk about. And we're almost through the preseason. Yeah, I, I, I have watched zero preseason football. That's how much I am not interested in it. I don't want to watch the practices. As much as I love football, that's essentially what it is. It's televised practice. I will probably make an effort to, if I'm able to, as far as, uh, you know, availability 
when the games are on, I will make an effort to to watch some some third games of the preseason, at least the first half, just to see what the first what the first team's going to look like on a couple different teams. But that's really about it, and that's just out of morbid curiosity, just to see the starters out there playing. So that's really all it is for me. I will say I am looking forward to the college season this year because I'm doing fantasy college football this year to to be more involved and yeah I'm excited to actually know what players are doing well that that's the one thing I always try to impart upon people about fantasy sports is it gets you involved in the rest of the league it lets you know there is a team beyond your home team and college dude it's just it's going to be nuts that is there are more teams and way more players to pick from. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine trying to keep up with injuries and shit. And I mean, what is uh, it? Is it? Is it? I mean, is it the Power Five conferences? Is it every college football team? It's. Uh, I want to say it's every college because the player list is ridiculous. <sighs> yeah, I'm good on that. It's just too much. <laughs> That's the big leagues. Yeah, you're 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 going hard on the fantasy this year. I can't do it, man. Well, we'll see. But uh, anyways, yeah, we're gonna wrap it up for the week. Uh, this would be where I plug our fantasy football league, but we're having trouble with the fucking submission process because why not, right? Uh, but. Yeah, we'll keep you posted next week. I'm, I think I'm going to migrate platforms. We're using the Four Letter Networks platform. And yeah, people keep saying it's hard to sign up. So fuck them. We'll use something else. Uh, but we're on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast. Uh, you can email the show Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. And yeah, sorry for the short show, but we'll be back in full force next week. Peace. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.